Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green, and you are listening to season two, episode number five, entitled It's Payback Season God's System of Recovery. Oftentimes in life, we look at things that like hardships, things that happen to us, things that we perceive to lose. And we wonder, God, why did you why did you allow that to happen? Or why did you put me in this position? Or um, why am I going through this thing? And so the thing that we need to understand is that God has a purpose for everything that he puts us into. He doesn't put us into spaces of hardship for no reason. He puts us into spaces of hardship to push us to something new or to flush something out of us that's not serving us well or to raise something up in us that he needs more of. So when I say that, you know, oftentimes when we get into a a hard space, it pushes us to seek God more because we're like, God, I'm, I'm back into a corner. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this situation. And so sometimes he has to back us into a corner so that we seek him. And so tonight we're gonna talk about what that looks like and what it really is as opposed to what it looks like to us in our natural eye. So I want to start by just defining recompense. Recompense is to make amends to someone for a loss, a harm suffered, or to compensate. A compensation or a reward given for loss or harm suffered or effort made. The journey or process to purpose is actually warfare. It's spiritual warfare. So oftentimes God will put us into a space where he's trying to push us to something greater, to to push us to use gifts that he wants us to use, to to place us in in the space of purpose where he's carved out just for us. We had a conversation um, yesterday about the fact that we each have our own lane that God wants us to travel in. And so there's a gift that you have, there's there's a space that God wants you to move in and you are the answer to a problem. There are lots of problems in the world and our specific gifts or our specific purpose is designed to be the answer to a problem. So if you're a counselor, you might be the answer to a a problem for helping people to get over their hurts or their wounds or their their traumatic experiences. If you're a doctor, you're, you're, you're the answer to illness, right? If you're a pastor, you're the answer to, to bring spiritual growth, right? And so every person has a purpose. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you've done in your past. God has a purpose for your life. There is something that God wants you to do in your life. And there's a specific lane in which he has for you to do it. And so sometimes the journey or process to purpose is actually warfare where God will allow the enemy to move and work in spaces to create a a greater level of resilience, to, to see God's character in a different way, to come to a greater level of faith or trust in God, to establish deeper relationship with God. 
And so, you know, but sometimes we get so caught up in the moment, in, in the circumstance that we're in, that we can't take a step back to see really actually what God is trying to do in our lives. Part of the reason is that we're more likely to covet and protect something that we had to fight for, right? So if God puts you in a purpose and you went through a process to get to that thing, you're going to protect it in a greater way because you worked for it and you came to an understanding that this is a thing that, that God placed me in and he took the time to put me into a process to tailor me and prune me to be a good steward for this thing. And God carved out this space just for me. And oftentimes, you know, the things that are seemingly lost, God will put us to process so that he can show us that he was going to recover it for us all along. And so that process to seemingly losing things, because we really never lose anything. God will withhold things from us to push us to, to build our faith and our trust to seek him for it in a greater way. Tonight, I want to talk about Joseph. We're going to kind of read through a lot of Joseph's story, and I'm going to kind of abbreviate some of it because it's a lot to cover in, in this amount of time. But Joseph was the beloved son of Israel. He was favored. Um, so if we look at Genesis. I'm not going to read all of it. I'll just kind of give you a little bit of it. Genesis 37, um, starting at verse 3 through 10, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. And so when we have a purpose on our lives, even before we recognize it, people can see that we are favored. And so people around you might see the favor of God on your life even before you can see it. And the enemy will use those people to breed jealousy and envy. He'll position people to stray you from the path that God has for you to kill your dreams. Even some of the people that you love the most, your friends, your family, people that you work with, people that you know your whole life, people that you trust, everybody can't see the God in you. Everybody can't see the vision that God has given you. And so oftentimes you have to discern who is meant to go and who is meant to be left behind. You can't take everybody with you when you walk into your purpose. You know, we, we just have to get to a space where we understand who we are. 
and we understand that God has designed something for us and that even when we get into a hard space, we can't abandon the thing that God has for us to do, even though it's hard, even though the, because the, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to attack you on every side to keep you from doing the thing that God has for you to do. Because he understands that once you get into your purpose, once you make it through your process to purpose, you're going to have a greater level and a greater understanding of God, which also means a greater resilience and resistance to attacks of the enemy. So he understands that if he can catch you in the middle of your process, that's the best time for him to catch you and keep you from getting to the destination that God has for you. So I'm going to kind of summarize. So what happened to Joseph is his brothers were jealous because of the favor and the gift, right? So he was a dreamer, okay? Dreams, the dreams were his gift. And so what you'll come to find out later is that he has prophetic dreams. So here it is, he's able to interpret the dream and he has a prophetic dream, it's a gift. So he's got favor with his father and he's got a gift. So his brothers are jealous and they decide that they want to kill him because of his gift. So the enemy will come through and He'll try to kill you. He will try to kill your dream. He will try to keep you from getting to the place where God has for you to go. So what happened is they tried to kill him. One of the brothers intervenes. He says, let's not kill him. We don't want his blood on our hands. So they leave him in a pit to die. They didn't, they didn't really know what's going to happen to him. And so some... Um, Merchants came by, they sold their brother into slavery, into Egypt. And so if, if you know a little bit about Egypt, Egypt in the Bible is kind of a, a, a symbol for bondage in, in multiple stories in the Bible. Egypt is a symbol for bondage. And so oftentimes the system of the world, the systems that we're operating under become a system of bondage for us because God is trying to push us into something new and we're trying to stay in the old thing, right? And so sometimes God has to push us out of our comfort zone and, and push us into something that's maybe uncomfortable, that maybe is hard, that maybe we, we didn't see coming, that maybe we don't understand why he put us into it, yeah. but he's pushing us really into the next place. But he had to take us out of the place of comfort. He had to take us out of the old system to push us to embrace something new, which is the system that he wanted to place us in. Joseph's brothers, they sell him into slavery because they recognize the favor on his life. Even before he stepped into his place of purpose, they recognized the favor. They saw it and they already knew that his life had purpose and that God was using them. So what they meant for evil, God, they meant to kill him. They meant to keep him from being favored. They meant to keep him from being a dreamer. They meant to keep him from using his gift. But God actually turned it around to position him to get to his purpose. So they threw him in a pit. But what we don't oftentimes don't realize is God will allow people to do things to us just to push us into our purpose. The enemy will create a mirage for us. He will make us look at a situation and think that we've already lost. But in all actuality, if we press to the place of faith and trust in God, because that's really why God puts us in that situation. He's waiting for us to activate our faith to believe that he can pull us out. So all along, when God put him in that pit, God already had a plan to get him out. 
even before the brothers threw him in there, God had already orchestrated a way for him to get out of the pit. And God has orchestrated a way for all of us to get out of the pit. But what we need to do is we have to go to a greater place of faith to trust him because the enemy will set traps and snares in your path to keep you from believing God. And it's that very moment when you say, God, I still trust you that God is going to show up for you. So picture yourself and then the enemy standing here and then God standing on the other side. What the enemy wants you to do is look directly at him. But God is really on the other side saying, hey, look past him. I'm, I need you to trust me. Don't worry about what he's doing. Look beyond that and see that I'm doing something. And so what happens is they sold him into slavery. God allowed him to be bound so that he would look to God for a solution, right? So he goes into Egypt. Long story short, he ends up in jail. And Pharaoh has a dream. He's, Pharaoh is looking for someone who can interpret his dream. Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon when he had shaved and changed his clothes. He came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. No one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So here it is. God has made room for his gift to get him out of the bondage, right? So God gave him a gift and an opportunity that would bring him out of bondage. And it's your gift that makes room for you. So if you're in the pit, what you should be looking for is your purpose, because that's the thing that's going to get you out of the pit. It's not your, your practical mind. It's not your practical thinking. You know, sometimes I think we get into financial hardship. We're, we're just like, oh, man, if I could just get a better job or if I could just get a promotion or if, if I could just make more money, if I could just get a second job, if I could just do this, if I could just do that. When in all actuality, if you could just trust God, God's already got a solution for you. You just have to seek him for what the solution is and stop trying to solve the problem yourself because yourself and your ability can only go so far. God's ability is limitless. God can pull you out of that thing and he can do it quickly. So Joseph interprets the Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh explains the dream to Joseph. Joseph says that the dream represents uh, seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. So he tells the Pharaoh there's going to be an abundance and then God is going to take us into famine. And he says to Pharaoh, now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by famine. So here it is. Joseph is an answer to a problem. There's a famine that came along and Joseph's gift has made room to answer a problem. And I'll tell you what I thought was so interesting about this. The next thing Pharaoh says is, since God has made all this known to you, 
There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You should be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Joseph actually used his gift to prophesy his own position because he said to Pharaoh, look for a discerning and wise man. He didn't say, look for me. He said, look for a discerning and wise man. And Pharaoh looked at him and said, you're a discerning and wise man. I'm going to put you above all of Egypt. The only thing that you're going to be lower than is me. So he came from a pit. God allowed him to be thrown into a pit just to make room for him to be pushed into his purpose because had he never fallen in that pit, had he never been sold into bondage, he would never have been ruler. So the very thing that he was bound by, he became ruler over. The thing about it is, oftentimes you didn't hear Joseph, when you read the story, you don't hear Joseph sitting in jail complaining about how God is, is, is so terrible. Why God, I don't understand why you, you put me in this place. I don't understand God. Why, why, why you haven't taken me out of this yet? He sat and he waited for his window. He waited for God to open a door for him. And so the perspective that we need to have is step out of the situation so that you can have a heavenly perspective over your process. Because when you're in it, all you see is the circumstances. But when you step out of it, you can look at it in a different way and you can look for the door that God is trying to provide for you. But if you're so stuck in the circumstances and you're, you're lamenting and you're, woe is me, I'm so stressed out, I'm so worried about, I'm, I've got so much anxiety about this situation, you can miss the door. Suppose Joseph had been sitting in that prison angry with God and he had said, no, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not interpreting your dream. He'd still be sitting in that prison. And so we have got to get out of the space that, that says, this hardship is the be-all and end-all. It's not. It's just a stop. Think about it as a train, as a trip that you're taking. You're going to stop at multiple different stations. And at every station, there's a test. Because God is testing you to see how you're going to respond. So when you stop at this station and God tests you, you pass the test, you get to go to the next station. You get to the next station, you pass the test, you get to go to the next station. And at after you've passed the test, after you've learned what God is trying to show you, eventually you get to get to your destination. You get to get to your purpose. You get to get to your place of abundance. You get to get, and the, and the beautiful thing about Joseph is, so look at this. The covenant that God gives in Deuteronomy 28 says, if you consistently obey me and keep all my commands, it says, you will be the lender and not the borrower. You will be the head and not the tail. You will always be at the top and never at the bottom. So when you think about what God gave Joseph a lane, and in his lane, he is at the top. The Pharaoh said, nobody is above you except me. He is the governor over the entire land. So in your lane, God will place you at the top. But so often, we're so busy trying to follow what everyone else is doing that we don't take the time to see what God is trying to get us to do. And so we have got to find our specific lane because, again, there's a purpose that everyone has on their life. 
But if you're trying to travel in somebody else's lane, you don't have the grace to do it. And, and I'll tell you, the other thing about it is that if you're trying to travel in someone else's lane, and your lane over here, think about police officers. They have a specific jurisdiction. They have a specific area of authority. So if, if, if I have a Gwinnett County police officer and he crosses over into Cobb County, he has no power. And you know what else? If he gets attacked, he doesn't have the power to make an arrest. And so sometimes when we're not traveling in our own lane, we open ourselves up to unnecessary attacks that we cannot battle. But when you travel in your lane, you have the power and the authority to move in that space because God has granted it to you for that lane. I'll also say that, you know, you don't have to know everything. You just have to be an expert in what you know, right? So if you stay in your lane, you're the expert in what you know. But when you step into somebody else's lane, you can't be at the top. You might be at the bottom because you don't know everything about that thing. That's not the thing that God called you to. The thing that God called you to, though, you can be at the top end because he gave you the grace for that space. So the other thing is that, you know, I, I, I said this last week, and it, it, actually that's what kind of led to this lesson. I've lost a, a good bit of things, especially in the last few years, you know, or I perceived that I lost them. Actually, God is bringing it back around. And I said, the enemy thought he stole some stuff from me. But he didn't know that I really surrendered it to God and that God is going to make him pay me back. And so it's not until you decide to surrender that space to God that God can pay you back for it. Because as long as you're trying to hold on to it, when it's in your hands, it's still open season for the enemy. The enemy can take from you as much as he wants to. But when you give it to God, God is holding it. And God is protecting it for you. And God can give it back to you and he can increase it. So that very thing that the very things that we're trying to hold on to oftentimes are the very things that are keeping us from going to the next level. Because we're holding on to the level that we're at. And we haven't opened our hands and said, God, you know what? I give it to you. I give it to you because it's not until that point where God can say, okay, now I know that you're ready for the next step. Okay. So he looked for his door. The door was opened and his obedience allowed God to restore him to the place of promise. So again, like I said, you'll always be at the top and never at the bottom whenever you're in your own lane. So Pharaoh put him in charge of everything. His gift made room for him, and he instructed the king to look for a discerning person. Your place of bondage is the, is the place where God will make room for you. So what happened is the same brothers that tried to kill him, there was a famine in the land, right? They needed food. Guess who was over the food? Joseph. So the same people that tried to put him into bondage, that tried to kill him, they had to come to him for help and they had to bow down to him. So at the end of the day, again, he ended up at the top and not the bottom. He ended up at the head and not the tail. He was the lender and not the borrower because they had to come to him for the provision that, that he needed. And so God, this is, this is really God's cycle of process. 
it's, it's the process to purpose, right? So when God puts us into a place, it's with the intention to bring us to the place where he brought Joseph. It's with the intention to bring us to the place of power. It's with the intention to bring us to the place of purpose. It's with the intention to bring us to the place of authority. It's not with the intention to break us down. It's not with the intention to harm us. It's not with the intention to take things away from us. It's not with the intention for us to be sick or to be ill or whatever. But there is a purpose behind it. And so when we stop looking at it as a setback and we start looking at it as a set up, then we can play the game in the right way. Right. We can respond to God in the right way that will get us to the place of purpose. Right. And so but as long as we're looking at it as a setback, you play in a different way. Right. You, you fight in a different way. You respond in a different way. Think about two people in a fight. Right. If I'm the smaller guy and I'm looking at a bigger guy. Right. Way, way, way bigger than me. I'm probably going to think a lot more before I go and start a fight with that person, right? But if I know that I've got backup with me, so let's say I've got my crew, right? It's just me, this big guy, and he don't know my crew is there. I've got, I know that I've got backup, so I'm willing to go into the fight because I know that I have someone to back me up. But if I don't look at it in a way, if I look at it in a way that says I'm already going to lose, I'm never going to go into the fight. I'm never even going to try to pursue it. But what we have to recognize is that God is there to back us up. I'm me. This is the storehouse. This is the increase. This is what God wants us to have. In our mind, the enemy is holding on to it. So the Bible says that the storehouse of the wicked is saved up for the righteous, right? So God will put everything that belongs to us in the storehouse, and he'll allow the enemy to think that it belongs to him. She is God's army, right? This is God. Okay. So I'm standing on this side. In my direct line of sight, if I'm not looking at this the right way, all I can see is the enemy. And the enemy is holding on to my stuff. But when I wave the white flag, surrender, the enemy is looking at me thinking I'm surrendering to him, but I'm really surrendering to God. And then what God does is God dispatches the army to come get my stuff. So you gonna, you gonna come, come on. She's the army. So she's gonna come and get my stuff. And so this is how we have to picture it. When you surrender it to God, God is going to send help to get what you, what belongs to you. So I did this because this is a storehouse. As long as we are on the ground, as long as we are using our practical minds, we are looking at it in our practical eyesight. All we can see is Satan. Right. In our mind, everything, Satan just stole all our stuff and this storehouse belongs to him. But when we look at it from a kingdom perspective, when we use our faith and we look at it from a kingdom perspective, and I put my name up here on purpose, but, but it's a dual purpose, right? This storehouse belongs to me. It always belonged to me. But I had to, I had to look at it from the vantage point of the kingdom in order to understand that the storehouse belonged to me all along. And it wasn't until I looked at God to say, okay, God, 
I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm surrendering to you. Show me how we're going to recover everything that belongs to me. That's how we need to begin to look at the situations of life, the hardships of life, is that God might allow some stuff to be taken, but at the end of the day, the storehouse of the wicked is being saved up for the righteous. So if it's getting taken away from you, it's still being put into a storehouse that's going to come back to you anyway. So God is really using Satan to take your stuff and store it in a place where you can go get all of it at one time. That's for real. It's your storehouse. The thing about the system of the world is that the system of the world says we have to work for everything. We have to put our hands to everything in order to receive. But the system of the kingdom says we have favor. And so God can go get something that somebody else worked for and give it to you. Because they are not living a righteous life. It might be taken from them. If you're living in righteousness, favor is yours. God will even send people who don't like you, who don't know you, who don't even have any idea why they have an unction to help you because at the end of the day, they have to submit to God too. The thing about it is we're all created by God. We actually have a member of our church who he, um, he used to be homeless and he, he'll tell his stories about panhandling. And he said that he ran into a man that was atheist one time. And he told the man his story. He told him that God told him to approach him and ask him um, for help. And he said that the atheist man told him, he said, I don't normally listen to stuff like this. I don't normally help people like you. I don't believe in God, but I'm going to help you because I feel like I'm supposed to. And, you know, the thing about it is, we, regardless of whether people believe in God or not, whether people choose to accept Christ or not, they still have to submit to the power of God. They don't have to believe in God. They don't have to accept him. But they still have to submit to his power because if God sends them to do something, whether they know that he sent them to do it or not, they have to do it because everyone must submit to God's power, whether they choose to accept him or not, whether they choose to believe him or not, whether they choose to believe in Jesus Christ, none of that. They're still subject to the power of God, and God can use anybody to help you. Anybody to help you, uh, atheists, uh, uh, you know, Muslims, whomever. I don't care who it is. God has favor on your life. And when you recognize that that's the system that God wants to have you operating in, then you can step into the place of favor and seek God's hand of favor for you. But as long as you operate in the system of the world, then you can't. And God is not going to force us to do anything. He's not going to force you to accept a system that you don't want to accept. He's not going to force you into a place or a position that you don't want to accept. You have to make a choice to say, I want to know what more you have for my life, God. God, I want to know where it is that you truly have for me. In, in order to come to an understanding of that, we have to see God in a different way. We have to see God as our backup. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a daddy's girl, right? And so whenever I would get into trouble, I would go to my dad. 
I wouldn't stay there and be like, oh man, I have no idea how I'm gonna work this out. Or, you know, if I needed money, I wouldn't be like, the first, my first thought wasn't, oh, let me go get another job. It would be like, let me call daddy. And that's the same position that God wants us to have with him. Let me call daddy. I need help. Let me call daddy. I don't know what to do. Let me call daddy. Show me what to do. Give me a plan. What resources are available to me? What is it that I need to do? Show me what my path should be so I can get what you want me to get. Because God wants us all to live in prosperity. He doesn't want us to be living below our purpose. But the, the reason that a lot of us don't really see the level of prosperity and abundance and increase and overflow that God has for our life is because we haven't found our lane yet. And that's the space where all of those things that we're seeking are. There are a few things that are required in order to obtain recompense, to recover whatever it is that you feel like you lost in your life. The first is you have to surrender to the process. You have to surrender to the process. You have to see that it's not just a, 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 a coincidence that you landed in whatever hardship it is that you landed in. It's not a coincidence. It's an intentional place that God placed you in. And as soon as you take a step back and you stop being angry or upset or bitter because of the place that you're in and you start to say, God, why did you put me here? What is it that you want me to see? What is it that you want me to do? What more is it that you want from me so that I can get out of this place? That's the headspace where you need to be. Surrender to the process. Because if God puts you in a place of hardship, there's a reason for it. There's no coincidence. God is an intentional God. He is an intentional God. And sometimes we don't like the way that he does things. Sometimes we don't like the method that he used in order to do it. But he already knew what the end result was going to be before he even placed you in that thing. He already knew how you would respond to it before he even placed you in that thing. He already knew what your gift was before he even placed you in that thing. He already knew where he wanted to take you and what doors he wanted to open for you before he placed you in that thing. And so when you surrender to the process, you can begin to navigate the process in the way that will show you out. Think of it like a scavenger hunt. Every step along the way, there's a clue. God will show you bit by bit, okay, this is what you need to do. Okay, you passed that test? Okay, great. Let's move on to the next thing. This is what you need to do. And eventually, it's going to lead you to the place of abundance. It's going to lead you to the place where God is trying to take you. He's not, he doesn't have a shooting in the dark. Now, sometimes he won't reveal all of the steps to us, and oftentimes, that's what we're looking for. We're like, God, I don't want to move on this thing until you show me the plan. But that's not faith, right? And I, I'll tell you, I'm guilty because I'm, I'm a type A personality. I need a plan. I need structure. I'm like, God, what you, you want me to do what? Okay, well, what's going to happen after I do that? And then, and then where are we going to go? And, and then how are we going to do this, God? I need an outline. But God doesn't operate like that because that's not faith. It's not trust. He's saying, trust me. And I'll tell you, sometimes he won't show us the plan because he knows we won't go in if he shows us the whole plan. <laughs> if, if he shows us exactly how this thing is going to play out, we're going to be like, nah, I'm going to stay right here in Egypt. I ain't going nowhere. 
I'm gonna stay over here on this job. I'm gonna get this paycheck, this guarantee. I know exactly how much I'm gonna make every two weeks, right? But he won't show us his hand until we show him that we trust him. And so the more that we show him that we trust him, the more he'll begin to open up the picture for us. The more he'll begin to add pieces to the puzzle so that we can see exactly what it is that he's trying to do in our lives. The second thing is have faith that God will deliver you out because it's the faith that gives you the different vantage point on the process. It's your faith that gives you a different vantage point to look at it. And it's not until you have that vantage point that you're able to navigate it in the way that God is trying to get you to navigate it. Right. And so I'll give you all an example. Last year, God told me to leave my job. I mean, I was making, you know, decent money. I was, I was pretty comfortable. And he said, leave your job. And I was like, no, what now? Now, now what now? You want me to leave the job? Where are we going, Lord? And, and that was all he said, just leave your job. I'm like, so you're not going to give me a plan? And he's like, just leave your job. But that was the first leap that he required to, for me to show him that I had faith in him and, and for me to show him that I trusted him that put me into the process to get to my purpose. God had a path that I had no idea was coming. He's pushing me into ministry, and ministry is the one thing I was like, God, I am But you know what? I found that I'm good at it, and I found that I'm passionate about it. And sometimes it's, it's just that first leap it's that first step that says, God, I trust you, that will allow him to show you what is really meant for your life. Because sometimes the, the things that we think are meant for us, the things that we think are good for us, the things that we think are best for us are not necessarily the best thing. They might be a good thing, but they're not a great thing like the thing that God wants to put us into. We have to trust him enough to allow him to bring us to the space of true purpose on our lives. And, and a part of that is just understanding that even when you make the choice to step into that, whatever comes with it, you gotta know that God is gonna deliver you out. You gotta know that on the other side, there's a deliverance. He's not gonna keep you in that space forever. He's not gonna keep you in that place of hardship forever. That's not his nature. That's not his nature. That's not his character. He is a loving God. And, and, and he wants us to have everything that he said is available to us. But it's only available to us when we're obedient to what it is that he wants us to do. And so the third thing is use what God has given you to walk through your door. Use your gift or your purpose to make room for you. And I was talking about this the other day. God will show you what that thing is. And it's not just about using that gift. It's also using it in the way and in the place that God wants you to use it in. It's full obedience, yeah. right? So God has placed me in a, in a position of ministry, right? So I could say, all right, God, I'm a, I'll, I'll be a minister, but I'm going to go do it over here. But if God wants me to be planted over here, guess what? I'm out of alignment. I'm not on the path that he wants me to walk. So I might be doing the thing that he wants me to do, but I'm still not doing it in the way that he wants me to do it or in the place that he wants me to do it. And so it requires full obedience 
So use what God has given you because there's something that you have. There's something that you have that God can use you in and he can use anyone. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know every scripture. You don't have to have been in the church for your entire life. He knows who you are and he wants to use you anyway. Regardless of who you are, what you've done, where you're at, it doesn't matter. He sees you. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows what you do every day. You know, I say this a lot. People, <laughs> I laugh at people sometimes because I see a lot of people who say they don't want to come to church because of the things that they've done, right? And I'm like, God knew what you were doing anyway. Why are you hiding from him? You can't hide from him. He knows you. He sees you. He knows what you're doing, and he's still chasing after you anyway. He's still chasing after you anyway, regardless of where you are and what you're doing. He's still chasing after you. He's still trying to pull you back into the fold. And so don't ever think that you're too far gone to find your purpose. Don't ever think that you're too old to find your purpose. Don't ever think that you, you've done too many things to find your purpose. Don't ever think that you're too far out of alignment to find your purpose. God still wants to bring you back in. Regardless of who you are, what you've done, where you've been, where you are right now, he will meet you where you are to bring you back into the fold. You just have to have a willing heart to allow him to do it. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God. And I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.